When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. that if we told people they were at risk, they would move. They presumed that over the life of the program, those discounts wouldn't need to be con uh, continued. And they presumed they wouldn't need to be continued because once people knew they had the risk, they would move out. That has not proven true. No, but of course it hasn't, because that's not how people work. We will gladly accept huge risks to our personal safety for the sake of a discount. That was the entire premise behind the McDonald's dollar menu. <laughs> so what was that all about there, Sean? So it was about the, the National Flood Insurance Program, which is a program that was put in place once private companies stopped offering people flood insurance. The government got involved and said, okay, we will, we will help subsidize this and we will give extra money to people in high-risk uh, homes that kind of constantly get flooded uh, over well, and over yeah. and over. In, in essence, we'll run an insurance company that will never, ever make money because we will take enormous losses. Yes, and they and, and the taxpayers will pay the rest of it. And what that guy was saying was that the, the program assumed that once the government told, oh, by the way, you're in this high-risk place, here's the insurance to cover you while you find a new place, and then eventually people would move and they wouldn't have to insure those anymore. Nobody Did left. Did they actually thought that? Move and That's do what? Crazy. Demolish the house and not sell it to anybody? Just take a loss and move on? It's crazy. So the government subsidizes living in a flood zone, assuming that'll cause less of it. What? 
Wow, that it's, is it's interesting. ridiculous. Um, I, I, I move, move to higher ground, you soggy biatches. I understood. That's what I say, huh? I understood that the government got involved because private companies are saying, "I'm not, I'm not insuring that. Too risky. If we did that all the time, we'd we'd go broke someday." But so I guess then, so what does society decide? Nobody gets to live there. Well, if you want to live there, live there. And if your home gets destroyed, that's your problem. Yeah. Well, nobody well, would live there in that situation, would they? Uh, probably not. Well, yeah, some some would, but it, the neighborhoods would be different. It mm-hmm. would probably be kind of a downtrodden, uh, the less fortunate area there. But, you know, why somebody who lives at, uh, you know, 3,000 feet of elevation should be paying for somebody to live in a flood zone, in essence, through their taxes, is it's fairly questionable. How about the people living on cliffs where the house always slides into the water and then gets built back up? Is that regular insurance or is that some sort of cliff cliffside insurance? Uh, or, uh, I, I don't know. I'd earthquake zones? I'm cliffside. Come to me for cliffside insurance. <laughs> cliffside. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Um... I'm trying to think back to my uh, my uh, homeowners insurance researches of the past. I, I know it'd be expensive as hell to be to, for instance, you know, uh, insure a home uh, on top of a cliff in Malibu. I mean, that would be really expensive insurance. I'm sure they would come over several times and have a geologist report and, and the rest of it. You know, Judy and I tried to get uh, insurance for uh, our, our little place there in the midst of a gigantic pine forest, which will occasionally catch fire, and it's become very very difficult in recent years to get homeowners insurance. Um, and, and the federal government doesn't seem interested in giving me any help. From the text line on the uh, Chris Christie saying they're not going to try to flip Manafort. Christie is the expert on people flipping politics, party lines, burgers, pancakes. Oh, oh no. See, no. We no. saw that one coming. This, no, that's not good. That's not good. Not proud of you for saying that. I'm not proud of you for reading it, Jack. Too much. So you like the juice baseball? You want all the home runs? You think it's juiced? You're, oh, just, don't you don't on. you leap to conclusions on me, sir? So the most home runs ever in a season by quite a bit, and now the most home runs in a World Series by quite a bit. It's just global just, warming. <laughs> just one of those years or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and and the pitchers are talking about the baseball is a little more slippery. It's harder to yeah hang on to and spin and the rest of it. Yeah, baseball wanted to tweak the game a little, get to get a little more offense. But I think kids are playing their video games, uh, gobbling up their opioids. They got to do something to make the game more exciting. But I think the 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 excitement is only be if you're trained to not expect that sort of thing. If it becomes regular, it won't be the same excitement, will it? Yeah, I think it, it'll be better than than the pitchers' duels. Yeah, than a one nothing game. Mm-hmm. Just people like scoring. They like the ball flying through the air. They like the 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 crowd roaring and people running around the bases. But it's I, more I, fun than guys not running around. the Basis. I blame fantasy sports. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because people kind of conflate the two. It's like, oh, I want this guy to be good on my fantasy team. It's hard to have a guy do well on your fantasy team in a one to nothing game, unless you specifically have the pitcher or something like that. Well, they got to do something. Well, and I'm telling you, there might be the most beautifully played football game, just flawless scheming and execution, etc. And if they wear out all the grass between the thirty yard lines and nobody ever scores, the the masses of fans are going to say that game was boring. Yep. But a lot of the excitement be, watching baseball my whole life is when somebody when the Dodgers hit a three run home run I thought oh, okay well it's over that's a I'm going to watch but crap right. it's over and then the other team comes back and does the same thing the next inning right that just blows well, your see, mind I see what you're saying yeah these these games have been spectacular for that very reason 
But ten years down the line, if every game's like that, when the games are thirty to you know twenty eight, yeah, it it will lessen the impact. But they'll they'll deal with that when they get there. And also, most <laughs> teams poor pitchers. <laughs> I mean, my God, it's rough to be a pitcher on either team. Oh yeah. Well, how about the old uh, Justin Verlander? Was it the other day? He gave up two hits in seven and two thirds or something like that, uh, and they were both home runs. That's that's rough. That's rough. Nobody with a loop single, nobody with a little line drive got it through. No, just home runs. A non-sports note from the World Series for those of you who aren't sports fans. I know this is like an old, tired cliche about baseball that they spit a lot, but it has become ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. They they spit. It's like that. Some yeah. of the players, they just spit constantly. And you don't need to do that. It's just a culture that has taken over. They don't do that in tennis or golf or, or football or basketball or any other sport where mm. you're running around and doing all that sort of stuff. It's just a weird culture thing. What's his name? The little guy, the the, the munchkin? Yeah. You see him dive from that one ball in slow motion. As he's going down, he's going spitting as he went to the ground diving for a ball. He can't stop spitting that guy. Wow. It's disgusting. Well, see, but Jack, you're you're just you're speaking in broad terms because you're not a real sports fan. There's all sorts of different kinds of spitting. Oh, there is sesame seed spitting. Sure, these guys chew lots of seeds, and that this that's is, getting rid of seeds. This is a lot of saliva spitting. Then there's saliva spitting, the Ew. standard issue saliva spitting, and then there's the giant chaw of tobacco. Super gross. Looks like you're you're, you're unleashing four quarts of motor oil. Spitting Ugh. that they also do. It's a very salivary sport. Uh, they got a they got a band spitting. Now that we have HD television, I just don't need to see your your wadded up saliva on the end of your tongue. That, that is the clearly key. in ten eighty i. When you were watching on a thirteen inch, you know maybe black and white TV, we didn't get color for a while. It just didn't matter. They <laughs> a guy could drop his pants and drop a deuce on the infield, and you couldn't tell what he's he's still in second base. I can't tell. <laughs> but now you got a fifty inch TV. It's in the, the, the you can you know if his nose hairs need a trimming, you know it. Yeah, stop spitting. Yeah, it's Gross. awful. It's terrible. The next game's in law? Is that correct? Yeah, it's 2-3-2. Yes. Two, two. Is that what Tomorrow we're doing Tomorrow night, Halloween? Come on. Oh. Am I going to have to tell my kids that Halloween is Thursday and lie to them? Yes. <laughs> yes, you will. And we'll just knock on random people's houses. There. How, how come there are no kids out, Dad? I don't know. We must be early or late or something. <laughs> Nobody seems to have any candy left over either. This is <laughs> Why weird. is everybody calling the police? Nah, just trick or treat from like 5 to 6. You have some good uh, pause time on your DVR. Zap through the commercials. The game will be... Zap through Joe Buck uh, touting obscure TV shows <laughs> you'll never watch. The game will be five hours long anyway, oh, so yeah. you'll have time to catch plenty of it. Oh, please, please, no. No, I need to sleep one of these days. Tim the Lawyer on a little later in the program. For those of you yes. who are Tim the Lawyer fans, always, always a good time. And coming up, Joe Getty's Is It Real Racism? Or Social Justice Wishing? I don't know. We could talk about Kevin Spacey, the whole thing. He drunkenly tried to sex up a 14-year-old boy. 32 years ago, I think. How about Mark Halperin's statement? I thought it was a unique statement among these kinds of things. All right. I'd like to hear that. He was accused of uh, gropings and dry humpings and harassments. Erection sittings. Oh, boy. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
a new low in most polls that are out today. A couple of your different major polls, new low for their polls. And um, he had been, uh, and he dropped five points or, or so in the last month. He'd been up around uh, 42 or so in most of these same polls, which is, I mean, you can get reelected in, in, that, in that zone. Uh, but he's back down in the 30s again, and uh, most people are guessing it's over the whole... Uh, calling the families flap. No, the gold star families, the widow, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I don't know. It was interesting. I was hanging out with some lads uh, this weekend and, and my wife. And, um, and, and uh, you know, I have this sort of conversation semi-regularly with people IRL in real life. And the burnout, news burnout, politics burnout is unmistakable. Oh yeah. Whether it's the incredible volatility of the uh, the Trump experience or the oversaturation of cable news and the rest of it, uh, I'm really, really sensing that people have had it up to here well, and I just want to live their lives. It's similar to what I was saying about the whole juiced baseballs in the World Series. It's exciting the first time, yeah. But eventually, you're going to get used to it, right? And just think, okay, I'm not I'm not going to get that excited about a three run home run because there'll probably be several more this game. I'm not. I think we might be there with the news. It's pretty pretty amazing that all these crazy things are happening but at some point you're gonna think well there'll be another crazy thing tomorrow or this afternoon and they all kind of go away and you don't even remember them a week later so whatever well when a week ago we did our trump free monday there were there were some really good tweets or something the president unleashed i thought that's fine we'll talk about them tomorrow or something even crazier will happen tomorrow so i think we're there already uh we got this text Uh, i don't know if it's um fair to read this text or not this might make me a bad person i don't know oh boy because i don't have any idea who this is coming from i'm a former stage actor and it was widely known as recently as 2005 that kevin spacey was a sexual predator and he regularly forced himself on younger male actors he does give his name uh the, the this texter so he wasn't hiding behind anonymity and he said i'm sorry what was the time frame he gave recently as 2005 because he was a former stage actor okay um, I don't have any idea. There is also the culture that we've learned some from Milo Yiannopoulos about, where it is a little more common and, I guess, acceptable. Accepted. Accepted. Yeah. It's not acceptable for me. Right. I wouldn't agree if it were my own 14-year-old son, certainly. Not even close. But it is accepted in, in, in some settings, I guess, that uh, older gay men teach younger gay men the ropes. And it's been that way for quite a while. We've heard from people say, hell no, that ain't true. And gotten lots of texts from people say, yeah, it's absolutely true. So I don't know. Is Kevin Spacey one of those guys? And if he is, is that a different thing than if it were women that he was doing this to? If you haven't heard the story, he apparently crawled on top of a 14-year-old dude when he was uh, drunk at a party. Well, right, yeah, and, uh, well, the, he was a kid. It was happened to be on a Broadway play, too, so he was at this party, but he was bored because he didn't know anybody, so he went into Kevin Spacey's bedroom, just watched TV, and then uh, time went by, Kevin Spacey appears in the doorway, allegedly, clearly swaying, clearly drunk. Everybody else has left, and he lays on top of him, and and, and the guy said, get the hell off me, and left. Um and, and there you have it. I mean, it's aberrant behavior, no doubt. And, and, and Spacey has come out and, well, he's come out and come out. And, and for a 14-year-old girl, though, this would be a big, bigger story. There's no doubt about that, right? I think it would be, yeah. Yeah, I really do. 
Um, but the guys resented it and been freaked out by Kevin Spacey being famous ever since. And and Spacey put out a uh, a statement, which I don't have in front of me. I thought I did. Um, essentially saying that is drunk and unacceptable behavior, and I'd like to talk to him. He doesn't. Yeah, he I did. apologize. Yeah, which is pretty good. It's pretty good. He said, He's, I don't remember, but if I right. did it, that's just that's completely unacceptable. Yeah. I want to talk to him and blah, blah, blah. And I need to take a look at my behavior. And, but, uh, oh, you know, it's, it's probably worth mentioning to the people saying, no, that doesn't happen. That's not normal. Unless I am incorrect, um, a, trust, a source I trust very much told me that in Harvey Milk's autobiography, the legendary gay San Francisco politician, he talks about how he really likes young gay men, like not 18. He's got a real attraction to them. So, obviously, there are some people in the gay community that accept that, okay, because the guy's like a legend in San Francisco, gay rights icon. If you'd like to jump into that, Convo, 415-295-KFTC is our text line, 415-295-KFTC. And, and just my say, point oh. is, I mean, if there was some great libertarian personality who who I really admire, but turns out he really likes 15-year-old girls, I mean, forget it. He's just forget it. I'm sorry. I can't. Can't be a fan of yours anymore, but it is accepted in some quarters of the gay world. Don't want to be blaming the victim, but hey, parents, don't let your 14-year-old go to a drinking party full of a bunch of adult actors and actresses. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. The guy's mom has passed, and he's actually said in an incredibly overlong piece on BuzzFeed that I read part of last night, that he doesn't want people to judge his mom because she probably thought it was fine that his role models were there and blah, blah, blah. But, um, Yeah, God, there's a horrible story about a priest in the paper today. Mm. It would have been... Uh, Sexing up kids. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and the number of moms who would, you know, put their young boy with this guy because he was somebody they could trust, role model, that whole thing. Oof. Uh, back to Kevin Spacey. Somebody just texted this. We should look for it. Family Guy had an episode where it showed Stewie running naked through the mall. I remember this. Oh, right. Yelling, help, I just escaped Kevin Space me. Help, I just escaped Kevin Spacey's basement. And that was in 2005. I remember that. I remember that, too. Was that another of Seth MacFarlane's yes, outing sexual predators? I guarantee you. Wow. Seth heard that, believed it, and wanted to put it out there. Wow. Like he did with the Harvey Weinstein jokes. Wow. <laughs> Why else would you... How, how, how else do you explain that joke from 2005 and the story that just came out over the weekend? I think you have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I, I don't think nobody needs any more explaining. So, so Say over, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so um, part of Kevin Spacey's apology also was, I am gay. I have chosen to live as a gay man. And some people in the gay community are angry about that. Okay. Yeah, well, I had an emailer put it rather uh, habitually. He turned on the rainbow sign to distract us all or switched on the Mm. rainbow light. I I didn't take it that way, but... Um, I I think, yeah, I I do. I do. Okay. Um, hang on a second. I'm apparently saying I don't have the statement over and over again is not I just enough think for it would be, somebody to give it to me. I just think it would be weird. <laughs> it, you, you summarized it. Here's the, the Family Guy clip. Help! I've escaped from Kevin Spacey's basement! Help me! Yeah, come on now. Oh, and that's boy. in 2005. I think it'd be weird if I got... If, the, if a story was out there that I drunkenly crawled on top of a 14-year-old boy 
and I'm gay, and I and I and I don't mention. Oh, but yeah, I'm gay, so that explains the the boy part. Otherwise, it's just a really a weird. It's an extra weird story, right? Well, it's a, it's a story about drunken wrestling. Then, you know, if you have no sexual interest in in males at all. All right, here's the complete statement. I have a lot of respect and admiration for Anthony Rapp as an actor. He is the alligator. He's made the allegations. <clears throat> Are you pleased with that? Just let it go. What are you, 12? <laughs> let me start again. <clears throat> I have a lot of respect and admiration for Anthony Rapp as an actor. I am beyond horrified to hear his story. I honestly do not remember the encounter. It would have been over 30 years ago. But if I did behave then as he describes, I owe him the sincerest apology for what would have been deeply inappropriate drunken behavior. And I'm sorry for the feelings he describes having carried with him all these years. This story has encouraged me to address other things about my life. I know that there are stories out there about me and that some have been fueled by the fact that I've been so protective of my privacy. As those closest to me know, in my life I have had relationships with both men and women. I have loved and had romantic encounters with men throughout my life, and I choose now to live as a gay man. I want to deal with this honestly and openly, and that starts with examining my own behavior. How does you know, that as, explain Jason Stewie, who's as, a baby, although as, a very mature one? <laughs> as apologies go, that's pretty good. Yeah. We got this note from Carl from Denver, who represents a certain point of view, I think. Um, uh, Just in case I ever do something truly reprehensible. Oh, whoever Kevin Spacey's publicist is, I'm putting them in my Rolodex. I know, 80s much. It's brilliant. Turn on your rainbow lantern and everyone will look over there because the mystery is finally broken. More brilliant and subtle. Talk about loving men. You're not seriously going to frown on love, even if it's same sex, are you? You must be the bad guy. Next up, use the phrase young man when talking about the boy victim. 14-year-old, mm, yeah. Well, my dad would defer me to a young man, but he wasn't trying to cover up anything. Yeah, he was, he was 14. He looked younger. According to the actor himself, he was very young looking, so he played a lad on Broadway. Wow, that's interesting because I was thinking, okay, maybe he's one of those fourteen-year-olds that looked like a twenty-year-old when he was fourteen. No, I no. saw no. Okay, no, I saw a contemporary picture of him, and he, he so looked... Spacey would have known it was a child. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, plus they knew each other because they both they were both currently in pretty popular Broadway shows. So yeah, he, there was no way he was uh, confused about that. Spacey, okay, well then, if Spacey this was, was twenty six at the time. By the way, this was a girl. This is a different story. It's Roman Polanski. Although uh, this, uh, although this was not, uh, no act was consummated, other than a uh, drunken attempt. Apparently, okay. And there, there has been much pushback against the kind of the rainbow smoke screen. Okay. Sort of by gay uh, activists, yeah, other, all other, sorts of people. Uh, yeah. A lot of Twitter outrage. A lot of other kind of publicly gay people saying that you know coming out should be a beautiful thing. Attaching it to this vile act is a uh, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, okay. Uh, for, for for on the other hand, if you are Kevin Spacey, answering to a not remembered thirty year old allegation of wanting to get with a boy, you almost have to throw that in there. I see what Jack was saying before, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Authorities believe alcohol was involved. And Mark Halpern, the political analyst, said all this stuff happened back at ABC back in the 90s. 
I got. I realized I was off the track. Got uh, counseling. There have been no complaints. Nothing like this has happened in any of the jobs since. Well, I give that one about seventy-two hours, and if nobody uh, contradicts him, I mean, well, he said I never settled any cases. I've never had to be in that position, and, and there was never an official HR complaint. Of course, O'Reilly said that too, and Megan Kelly said he's lying. So. Well, yeah, and the, the whole never been an official complaint—that's bull ass. You just undermined your righteousness to me, sir. It's because people were afraid to, you scumbag. Don't throw that in your statement. Wow, that's weak. I have more to say on that. All right. What's coming up in your news, Ryan? Uh, well, we'll have more indictments and charges in the Russian election tampering investigation, the Las Vegas shooter's brain to undergo some deep testing, and the latest in a series of memorials to Southern generals set to be removed is one that honors a man who became president well before the Civil War. Gotcha. All that's on the way. And Tim, the lawyer, uh, next hour, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. has just fired Mark Halpern. He was uh, just suspended or taken off the air, so apparently they didn't care about his statement. <clears throat> the uh, Sopranos star? What was the daughter's name? Meadow. Meadow has just come out alleging a violent attack from Harvey Weinstein years wow. ago. Maybe we'll hit you the details of that. Wow. And she's, I mean, she's pretty young now. Oh, she had to be a child. That's right. She had to be, right? I don't know. Yeah, I guess it could have been since then. Anyway, we'll get into that. Right now, the news with Ryan Harris. Good morning. Just into the Armstrong and Getty News Center, the military judge overseeing Bo Bergdahl's desertion case says he will not dismiss charges because of comments made by President Donald Trump during his campaign. Judge says the president's comments did not jeopardize the integrity of the proceedings, but promised to consider them as a mitigating factor for Bergdahl's sentence. The defense claimed the negative repar- remarks made by the president may have been pre- prejudicial, Bergdahl was captured by the Taliban in 2009 when he left his base in Afghanistan. A third person is being charged in the Russia probe. NBC News now confirms that former Donald Trump campaign advisor George Papadopoulos being charged by special counsel Robert Mueller for making false statements to the FBI about his contact with foreign nationals tied to the Russian government. Former campaign chair Paul Manafort and his associate Rick Gates indicted this morning on 12 counts, including conspiracy against the U.S., President responded on Twitter with, sorry, but this is years ago before Paul Manafort was part of the Trump campaign. And he says there is no collusion. Okay, the Manafort one, and we've discussed that a lot. Uh, he could just be a uh, criminal from way back, and it has nothing to do with collusion. This third one, though, this third indictment guy, so he was lying about contacts with the Russians. Now, this one could get to the collusion thing, right? Well, I've heard what he lied about characterized a couple of different ways. I don't know. I okay. heard he lied about whether he advised the president to get in touch with Russian leaders and meet with them or whatever. But by, I don't know. by the way, Manafort, who was getting super rich off of uh, uh, bad people mostly that uh, were working against the United States. Was well, living... I heard it put he defended some of the most indefensible regimes on Earth. And made a lot of money off of it. Yeah. Some of his lifestyle we now know. Um, he spent almost a million dollars at an antique rug store in Alexandria, Virginia, to uh, furnish one of his homes. $934,000 on antique rugs. On rugs. Yeah. You yeah. walk on them. 
eight hundred and fifty grand on men's clothes in New York, and another five hundred and twenty to a clothing store in Beverly Hills. She's like, I, I wouldn't even know how to spend eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars on clothes. Really expensive suits, I guess. Uh, he spent on one of his homes. He's got a whole bunch. $820,000 on landscaping for one of his homes in the Hamptons. Nice. There must be some nice shrubs. Oh, yeah. Nice yeah. shrub. You know, he's probably got a, a little walkway out to the street and lights next to each stone, I'll bet. Oh, cool. Yeah. Those Isn't, little paper stones? Uh, I love those. You never actually walk on. Right. And he spent $5.5 million. Uh, this is different. $1.3 million on lighting and home entertainment for one of his homes in Florida. He better have some really good subwoofers. Right? 1.3 mil. Good God. You are too rich if you're doing that. Scientists are preparing to do a microscopic microscopic study that is the Las Vegas gunman's brain, but the experts say whatever they might find won't likely be what led him to kill 58 people. Las Vegas authorities say Stephen Paddock's brain being sent to Stanford University for a long examination after a visual inspection during an autopsy found no abnormalities. If a disease is found, experts say it would be false science to conclude it caused or even contributed to the worst mass shooting in modern U.S. history. This is a couple married 22 years who survived the shooting, were killed in a crash near their Riverside County, California home. Yeah, terrible. Dennis and Lorraine Carver's 20-year-old daughter says her parents had grown deeper in love since he jumped on top of her to shield her from gunfire at the Route 91 Harvest Music Festival. Back to the the scumbag shooter. So it's been announced. We're taking a look at his brain. We don't expect to find anything, but if we do, it doesn't mean anything. Okay. That's essentially what they're saying. Right. But they're going to take a deep look at it, for right. sure. And the Alexandria, Virginia church where George Washington worshipped for oh, decades. Oh, yeah. This story. Holy cow. Well, they say they're going to remove a memorial honoring the first president. Christ Church this, says... This, this is where we are. James Woods tweeted over the weekend, and so it begins. We now have a church where George Washington used to go to service, and they took away the plaque saying George Washington used to go to this church because he was a slave owner. That's step one, right? How do you not take him off, ask to take him off the money, take down the monument, change the name of the state? There are it's those who, who do George more George freaking well. Washington! Not a Confederate soldier, George freaking Washington! Right. Unbelievable. Yeah, Christchurch says it's planning to remove the memorial to the nation's first president and one to Robert E. Lee. They say the memorials are divisive and make some members and visitors feel like they're not welcome at the church due to Lee and Washington's history as slave owners. Those plaques expected to be removed by next summer. Robert Robert E. Lee, I'll take that argument, even though I disagree, buddy. I'll take that argument. But Washington? Don't you have to leave the country if you're offended by Washington? The whole I don't feel welcome thing is so clearly projecting, and it's so clearly pretending for the purpose of being a victim. It's ridiculous. The, The pastor says welcome. The members say welcome. Everybody says welcome. But there's a plaque of Washington, George freaking Washington, on the wall, and you don't feel welcome. I'm calling BS on that. And I do have a memory of something in a history class that George Washington let his slaves go after he left office. He let them go. Well, free, so. Yeah, I don't know. Eventually let them go. It's better than nothing. Anyway, I'll have more for you here a little later in the show. I'm Ryan Harris on the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. But if you're offended by that at the church, seriously, it's got to be tough to get through your day handling $1 bills and hearing about the news and the government out of Washington, D.C. And- right, in the state, and virtually, I, I would imagine there's a Washington in every state in the Union. Yeah. And if I only went to places where I was welcomed, I would never leave my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a good point. I wish you weren't here. Excellent. I don't know. Wow. Joe's starting the week with a cry for help. I don't it's know Monday. if there's any point in this anymore. It's Monday. Exactly. What are we doing this for? This is this is this is his Wednesday activity. He's so, on Monday. <laughs> I got the Halperin thing. Yeah. The moral conundrum. I haven't gotten to my my real racism or not. Mm-hmm. I'd kind of like to hear what uh, Meadow Soprano says Weinstein did to her, but it's not Meadow Soprano. A different. Oh, a different. Yeah, different actress. Which she, one is it? Uh, she played Tony's girlfriend from season three. Met oh, her. that's the crazy girlfriend from the car deal. The one who sold the Mercedes yeah, Benz to yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was something. You are a wackadoo. I believe <laughs> you said that to her. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Jack-o'-lanterns yesterday with the kids. Good stuff. Good, scary jack-o'-lanterns. Waited till dark last night, put in the candles. Ooh, spooky. Satanism. Teaching new children to embrace Satanism. Absolutely. That's what we're doing. Or carving up pumpkins. Well, enjoy yourselves. Sam was willing this year to stick his hand inside and pull the goo out. Oh, which yeah. Which he wouldn't do in past years, but his little brother would not. Oh, boy. He, he did it a little bit, and he said he couldn't do it. Yeah. It is pretty gross. It looks disgusting. Oh, it's horrible. That texture. <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you have a oh, yeah. visceral caveman reaction to that texture. That texture is bad. It's got the combination of looking like spider webs and feeling like just a little... It's not. <laughs> Please. It's gross. It's horrible. Yeah. Speaking of gross and horrible, Mark Halpern, respected wow. political Ooh, well, commentator, know. writer, reporter, blah, blah, blah. He, uh, he, he apologizes uh, at length. He just got fired by NBC, so he's now uh, he's now available to pick up for yeah. anybody. I'm sorry, I've I've lost the nut graph. He's been accused by a number of women of inappropriate uh, behavior, sexual behavior, uh, years ago. Um, he asked you to sit on his nut graph. <laughs> oh boy, um, and he he makes a statement. Uh, the world is now publicly publicly acknowledging what so many women have long known: men harm women in the workplace. Uh, it's a positive development. Blah blah blah. For a long time at ABC News, I was part of the problem. I acknowledge that, and I deeply regret it. He goes on. Uh, he says, um, the long and short was, toward the end of my time at ABC News, I recognized I had a problem. No one had sued me. No one had filed a human resources complaint against me. No colleague had confronted me. But I didn't need a call from HR to know that I was a selfish, immature person who was behaving in a manner that, manner that had to stop. For several years around my departure from ABC News, I had weekly counseling sessions to work on understanding the personal issues and attitudes that caused me to behave in such an inappropriate manner. Those who have worked with me in the past decade know that my conduct in subsequent jobs at Time, Bloomberg, NBC News, and Showtime have not been what it was at ABC. I did not engage in improper behavior with colleagues or subordinates, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So he realized he was perving, got counseling. He's been clean for a decade. That's interesting. Now, if it's true, it's interesting. Now, in the in the world of parlor moral arguments and talk radio, we could yell back and forth about whether he deserves to lose his job or whether he's clearly clearly a guy 
who recognized his sins, asked for forgiveness, atoned, worked on it, and now he's a better human being. And to me, on that level, it would take the greatest hypocrisy for most of us to not say, ah, he was a bad guy, but now he's a pretty good guy. He, he turned himself around. Uh, he who among you is without the sin should cast the first stone, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's where I am on this. On the other hand, never forget, whether you're talking about Mark Halperin or, you know, uh, kneeling football players or anybody else. Or that else baseball who, player with the wacky hair who did the slanted eyes. Yeah. They're entertainers. They're on a TV show. They're in the entertainment business. Mark Halpern is a reporter and a serious one, but he's in the getting eyes and ears business. Every time you turned him on, <clears throat> for a while anyway, especially women, would be hooped out. So he's just too poisonous at this point. He'll write. He can still write. Right. It's not the same thing to check somebody's byline and think, ooh, there he is. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, the very show he was most famous for being on lately, Morning Joe, employs uh, Mike Barnacle, the plagiarist. So, you know. And he, Brian Williams in the evening with a highly oh rated God. cable news show. Brian Williams, the congenital liar. So give it a while for it to pass, then you got to claw your way back, Mark. Yeah. But I don't, I don't hate a guy like Halpern. Uh, you know, he was perving on women in the workplace, which is really not right. If it's, but he realized it, he says. If, if, it's, if that's true, yeah. um, it's interesting that at some point he thought, you know, I shouldn't ask younger co-workers to come into my hotel room and sit on my lap. While Insist. I'm fully turgid. Yeah, I shouldn't do that. I wonder, yeah. I wonder what made him decide he shouldn't do that to the point that he actually got counseling for it. Without being confronted, according to him. Jack, in my experience, there are some of us who do things that we think, i got to stop doing this. <laughs> um, and uh, and his was, was perving on uh, women at work. If he hasn't done it in 15 years or whatever, you would have to assume that he's, he's safe, right? Yeah, and sincere in what he's saying. That's probably why it was so surprising to NBC coworkers if they haven't seen any of that out of him. Right, because he'd been a gent for a, a, going on a decade. I don't know if you're necessarily a gentleman because you don't ask women to sit on your erection at work. <laughs> I don't know. You clearly have never been to a gentleman's club. <laughs> well, it's very commonplace there. <laughs> well, that's, that's the difference between not all non-pervs are gentlemen, but all gentlemen are non-pervs. We're into right. just theoretical territory here. But So, okay. A gentleman's club. Gentlemen? You check your top hat right at the door. <laughs> if you didn't bring your monocle, they'll offer you one. It's very classy. I think he needs to apologize categorically to anybody he remembers perving on. Um, but beyond that, he's rehabilitated in my in my eyes. Okay. Because, as far as I know, as far as I know, he was never beyond what I've heard in terms of his pervins. Right. And again, I don't approve of it. I don't like it. But if he's been clean for a decade, then I give the guy a second chance. I don't know, ladies, am I wrong? Ladies? But his wife wasn't pleased to hear this story. Oh, no, no. Did she head for the hills? No. I don't think so. No? No, I must be thinking of the lovely Mrs. Weinstein. He's got his... Who had no idea she was married to a giant pig. Yeah. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.